Hi, I'm Pete Seligman, and this is season four of my podcast, The Next Step. This year, we hosted the first ETA forum at Manly Beach in Sydney, Australia. So in this season of the podcast, I'll be sharing with you the audio from each session of the forum. At the beginning of each episode, I'll provide an intro to the speakers, and then at the end, I'll share with you the key messages and insights that I took from each presentation. If you were there on the day, these episodes will provide a good opportunity to reflect on your learning. If you weren't able to join us this time, even though you missed the networking, these episodes are a good summary of the content shared at the event. I hope you enjoy them. The educational institutions haven't been doing anything with entrepreneurship through acquisition, and that needs to change. We have some good business schools in Australia, but of those ranked for entrepreneurship, none are in Australia. We need to change some of the educational institutions' attitude toward entrepreneurship and especially entrepreneurship through acquisition. So now we're moving into the second session of the day, which is hosted by Jake Nicholson, who's a good friend of mine. He's the founder of SME Ventures, and he also teaches ETA or entrepreneurship through acquisition at NCAD in Singapore. So one of the great things about this presentation is given that he is a teacher, he's a lecturer, it's got good structure, it's got great data, and he's an excellent educator in that regard. The question that he's trying to address is, is the Australian market attractive for search funds, just generally as an ecosystem, as an environment for that kind of activity? And I think that he does a great job breaking it down into its component parts and then starting to describe how each of those component parts are driving growth in search funds and where the opportunities for us to do more work on each of those drivers exists. One of the things that you might want to do if you're going to listen to this, it, it does work okay as a podcast in its own right, but equally, if you get the opportunity to download Jake's presentation off the ETA Forum website, then you could actually follow along with the presentation as he's giving the speech. And that might help you to see some of the data, see some of the graphs and other things that he's referring to along the way. I hope you enjoy it. So Pete asked me to talk about whether Australia is an attractive market for entrepreneurship through acquisition. And my team and I tried to put together some information to do two things. One, provide a preliminary answer to that question. And two, hopefully, build the foundation of a framework that we can then apply to other markets as we move forward. Quick intro to me, as Pete mentioned, I'm the founder of SME Ventures, which is a platform for search funds in Australia. I also teach entrepreneurship through acquisition at INSEAD, and I was part of the creation of SFA, which was the world's first accelerator for search funds um, in the currently located in the US. And we Currently, are partnering with three entrepreneurs, Rob Gaunt, who acquired Ace Training last year. That was Australia's first search fund acquisition. Uh, Steve Arell and, and Ryan Burnsman are both currently searching. We just visited a company that Ryan is um, hopefully close to acquiring. Uh, we visited yesterday, and so hopefully he'll have another um, acquisition for, for SME Ventures and himself under, under his belt. Uh, if you have any questions about SME Ventures, uh, or search in general, feel free to approach any one of us over the course of the day. You can also go to our website, which has a blog, has invites, advice from me, uh, market updates, a look behind the scenes of the search process. You'll see Ryan and Rob's face all over that website. Um, and a podcast, industry ideas, monthly newsletter. So if, you, if you're early, especially if you're early to the ecosystem, it's a good place to start to, to, uh, 
to learn. Now, to the study, um, a couple notes before we get started. Not including New Zealand. Uh, why? Uh, because we are in Australia, <laughs> and, and um, search funds appeared first in Australia, and there's more activity so far in Australia. Uh, some of the analysis will apply to New Zealand, but and, and we want to extend the analysis to New Zealand at a later date. Apologies to Luke, uh, but he's actually doing a, a lot of the work right now um, as part of his, his, his studies as well. I'm also going to talk about search funds, uh, not ETA more broadly, because we have more historical data on search funds, and we can compare, we can compare our findings in Australia to, uh, to the data that we have elsewhere in the world. Um, also, limiting our analysis to search funds provides clear guidelines uh, that we can use to, to make these comparisons. And for the purposes of this, of this study, of this presentation, a search fund is an entrepreneurial buyout uh, in which uh, the sourcing process is led by one or two principal entrepreneurs who intend post-acquisition to operate the acquired company, and capital is raised to fund the search from more than one third-party private investor. Um, the answer to the broader question of whether Australia is an attractive market for entrepreneurship through acquisition uh, will require further analysis and also some assumptions uh, that, that the, the comparisons we make today apply to um, the rest of the ecosystem. Uh, I won't go through this again. Tim already gave us a, a, a quick synopsis of search funds, uh, but essentially it's a two-step two fundraising process. You raise search capital, you run the search, you raise acquisition capital, you acquire the company, you operate it, and at some point you have a liquidity event. Um, Stanford's 2022 search fund study uh, shows uh, perpetual, uh, a perpetuation of the high returns that we've seen over the last 30 plus years, 35.3% pre-tax aggregate IRR. And what's interesting um, to, to see here in, in comparison to other uh, you know, somewhat comparable asset classes is just the, the very differentiated return profile. Um, this is all search funds, including those that didn't acquire, and this is search funds that did acquire. And you see, especially these, um, these, these blue sections show why uh, search funds have produced the returns, the IRRs that they have. Um, if you believe you are an average searcher, then according to this Stanford study, you have about a 48% chance of making money, uh, which is a much, much greater than your chances of coming on, out on top at a startup. Um, plus, if you're an average searcher, you don't believe you're an average searcher, uh, so <laughs> your chance, your perceived chances of success are much higher. Um, I'm often asked why uh, it's taken so long for search funds to get to this side of the world, and my answer is a little bit unsatisfying. But it's it's really just a a matter of momentum. Um, this is the earliest data we have uh, reported by Stanford pre 2012. Um, and then you can just sort of see visually how they start populating throughout the world. This is three for, uh, for, through uh, 2015. And then you start seeing a couple of things pop up in different parts of the world. More happening in Latin America, a lot more happening in Europe. Through 2019, uh, we, we, see, we see Alex Simmons uh, pop up here in Australia. And we're still waiting for ESA to come, up, come out with their 2022 study. Uh, so I will update this slide once we have the, the data through 2021 from that study, but you'll see 
Um, a, a bunch more happening. You'll see a, an acquisition in Cote d'Ivoire. You'll see a lot more happening in, in Europe and Latin America and a couple more things happening in Australia. So it's, it's, it's really a function of awareness and, and momentum. The status of search funds today in Australia is um, that it's still early days, but the, the, the trend line is moving in the right direction. Uh, we have um, Alex and Rob that acquired last year, and then we've, we have a, a few more searchers launched this year. And I was just speaking to an investor last night that's getting a little impatient and wants to see more acquisitions happen. Um, it does take a while to make an acquisition, so we will see this orange uh, number this orange section grow um, over, over the next couple of years. It's just that a lot of these searches are, are very early in their, um, in, their, in their journey. Current searches are Ryan Burnsman, uh, Steve Orell, Greg Green, Paige Kahami, Orlando and Shai, Pat and Matt, Ebert. Can you guys all stand up so we can applaud you for being the early movers in this, in this ecosystem? And then representing the entire country of New Zealand, we have Luke Taylor um, somewhere. There he is. <laughs> okay, so back to the question, is Australia a good market for ETA? Um, the entrepreneurs that just stood up, their investors and other people in this room really hope the answer to that question is yes. Um, so let's, let's break it down. We need three primary ingredients to make it a healthy market for ETA. Uh, we need companies to buy. Uh, we need capital to fund the searchers and their acquisitions, and we need um, high-caliber CEOs to run the search, buy the business, and operate the business as a CEO. So we're going to dive into each one of these a little bit and see where Australia stands um, as a potential market for ETA. We're also going to compare to the U.S. Surprise, surprise, the U.S. is quite a bit bigger. Um, so we are going to try to scale uh, our analysis. So we're comparing apples to apples. Um, the U.S. is broadly accepted as a proven market for search funds, uh, and other markets less so because they're they're earlier on. Uh, so we're going to use that as our our control. Um, companies. The first ingredient: we need enough supply of companies that are fit for a searcher to acquire and operate. What makes a company fit for a searcher to acquire and operate? These are some common criteria uh, that searchers use. Um, Size-wise is what we're going to look at most today. We'll also look at some some industries that, um, that meet these criteria and, uh, and some valuation metrics. If we look again at the Stanford study, we see that most acquisitions to date have been in services. You don't see a whole lot in construction or manufacturing. Um, the division of industries in the Stanford study is a little bit odd, but uh, they have this services section and then software, then tech-enabled services than technology, than healthcare providers and healthcare services. Um, so it's a, it's a lot of services and that's what we'll, um, we'll focus on today. Median EBITDA of 2 million, revenue of 8 million, uh, about 43 employees at the time of acquisition for, uh, as a median in the United States. So are there enough of these kind of companies in Australia to satisfy uh, an ETA, healthy ETA eco ecosystem? Well, in order to answer that, we also need to look there, at the profile of another key ingredient in this analysis, which is the seller. Um, the, the seller turns out to be a pretty important part uh, in the process of buying a company. Um, and in, in the typical search fund story, the seller is a retirement age founder owner 
who doesn't have a succession plan and likes the idea of transitioning the business to a hungry, younger, usually, uh, operator who's going to carry on the legacy of that business and take it to new heights. Um, and in the U.S., the trend is very clear. Uh, we have the baby boomer population retiring, uh, and along with that, their businesses are in need of succession solutions. Um, it's a very pronounced need, not just in the U.S., but you layer on top of that that about two-thirds don't have a succession plan, and that leaves the door open for entrepreneurial buyers to, to come in and offer a solution for those retiring business owners. Now, it turns out that in Australia, you have almost the exact same demographic trend. Um, again, uh, making the case uh, clear that succession solutions are are needed, and it turns out even a greater, an even greater percentage of business owners in Australia have no succession plan, leaving the door even wider open for searchers. And on top of that, that according to one study, about 45% of business owners are actively planning to sell their business, and if you approached 61% of them today, they would consider selling. At SME Ventures, um, we have a fairly well-oiled machine that does just this, and we approach many business owners about potentially selling us their business. And I can tell you from our experience thus far, Ryan and Rob and Steve can also tell you that the supply is there. Um, not every business, but plenty of business owners are ready and willing to talk about selling their business today to a searcher. Now, if we look at um, the age of the company, uh, we see that um, at the older end of the company age, actually a greater percentage of U.S. businesses are over 20 years old, 28 versus 20 percent. However, if you look in the middle, um, you actually see that Australia takes the cake. Uh, and again, typical profile of a search fund acquisition target is a company that's not a startup. It's not a brand new company. It's been around for a while. But what we might see perhaps in Australia, is that a greater percent of search fund acquisitions are done with companies that are between 5 and 20 years old uh, than, than in the US. Um, search funds typically buy companies with between 5 and 50 million uh, of revenue. Um, unfortunately, census data is a bit limited, limited uh, but especially in the US. But with broad strokes, we can see that there's a similar breakdown of companies by revenue. Um, with a slightly greater percentage of Australian companies generating five million or more, but that could just be. The, the, unfortunately, the blue is in U.S. dollars and the orange is in Australian dollars, so some of that could just be um, a factor of exchange. Companies, uh, SMEs by GDP. Uh, how much of a company of a country's GDP is accounted for by? SMEs. Um, on the surface, it looks like not as much in Australia. However, if, unfortunately, the definition of SME varies widely from country to country. Uh, so in the US, it, it actually varies by industry. Um, and But the uh, sort of a common benchmark is less fewer than 750 employees, whereas the definition in Australia is fewer than 20 employees. Uh, you know, very different definitions. We haven't been able to get beyond this level analysis yet, but we can sort of make some very gross assumptions that um, this number should be a lot higher if we compared apples to apples, or the US number should be about a lot lower. Number of companies in this size range uh, 
per population, you actually see that Australia takes the cake. So on the surface, um, on, on entrepreneur, as optimistic entrepreneurs as we might draw from this, that searchers will have an easier time buying a company in Australia because the su supply-demand imbalance is even more pronounced than in the US. But um, there are a lot of other variables to consider, but at least that's, that's one data point. If we look at the breakdown of country by, of, of GDP by sector, we do see a similar, this is the Stanford study where searchers buy in North America. This is the breakdown of the US, this is the breakdown of Australia. Similar, uh, very quite similar in this services sector. Again, we had to make some assumptions, there are different industry definitions and we had to map some map industries from one country to another. Um, but this is, this is what we could come up with. And you do see a big difference in this other category and that's uh, chiefly due, or it's, it's, it's mostly attributable to mining, uh, which is eight and a half percent in Australia and only 2% in the US. All right, next ingredient in this equation is capital. Is there enough capital to fund search fund, search fund entrepreneurs and their acquisitions in Australia? Um, so far, so good. We're with, with the companies, the supply of targets, no real red flags to believe that there might be um, uh, a, a, a negative uh, balance there for, for Australia. Um, but let's talk about capital. Now, as you may have noticed, I am not Australian. Uh, when I launched SME Ventures, I had of course known a bunch of Australians, but this is the, when, I, when I launched Sesame Ventures, it was the first time I was surrounded by them. Um, and the first thing I noticed is that you are a very friendly bunch and a lot of you accepted coffee meetings with me uh, and were, gave me very encouraging words. Uh, but the only people who wrote checks were people who had some prior tie to the space. Either they were like Tim or Pete or Benley uh, and had bought and run companies before, uh, or they uh, are, were small business owners themselves that they started, or they advised small businesses and um, saw all the opportunity there that was unrealized. Um, and they are the uh, sort of early adopters uh, of, of this model. Um, and the question is, when will the early majority and the late majority pop up? Uh, I hope a number of you are here and are going to be following uh, the brave coattails of, of some of the pe people I just mentioned. And we need capital on both sides. Thank you, Judo, for, for sponsoring this event. Uh, we will be coming to you regularly. Um, uh, and I'm so glad that you're willing to fund up to 80% of the deal. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and, uh, but typically, it's about half debt, half equity, uh, these, these search fund deals. And so we need answers for both sides of this equation. Um, we're going to look at, at, at the private equity market in, in Australia and why, uh, as Tim mentioned, a, the search fund is a private equity model. Um, we're investing capital into private equity private businesses, as much as we like to differentiate ourselves from the private, private equity image and world. It, it is a form of private equity. Also, the search fund model and private equity as an industry share some history. Um, the search fund model was developed in 1984, and guess what else was founded in 1984? Bain Capital, uh, Blackstone Group 1985, the Carlyle Group 1987, 
So there's some similar history there. Also, um, you have a number of investors throughout the world who are private equity executives and have spent their life investing in these bigger businesses, seeing all these smaller businesses with very attractive value creation opportunities, but because of the structure of their firm, they can't actually do anything with those small opportunities. And then along comes Alex Simmons, who says, I want to run one of those companies. And the, the private equity executive gets excited and says, I'll give you lots of money to go do that. Um, and so we're going to use private equity as a, as a proxy for uh, what may happen with capital in, uh, in the Australian ETA ecosystem. Um, now, private equity is an established industry in Australia. However, as a percent of GDP, it, it is dwarfed by, by the US. Um, in terms of GDP, uh, I mean, in terms of GDP, in terms of the number of buyouts, also um, quite a bit greater per, per capita in the US. I don't know whether per capita is the greatest way to do this, but um, that's what we did. Uh, there, they, Australia did catch up for a couple of years here, uh, but for, for most of history, it's, it's lagged behind in activity uh, from the US. And we see that a greater percentage of Australian PE buyer, buyers have assets under management of over $200 million. Um, now there's a big asterisk here. We, we only have AUM data on less than half of private equity buyers in, in each country. So um, take all this with a grain of salt, but what this might tell us is maybe if you're making a few inferences uh, is that there's maybe less competition at the lower end of the market for search fund buyers. Um, relative to the US, a greater proportion of buyouts in Australia were um, in the typical search fund deal size range, uh, which sort of points our argument in the other direction. This might be, mean a bit more competition from PE, but again, remember that the quantity of, quantity of deals is still materially lower in Australia than in the US. Um, so that probably counterbalances this, this ratio analysis. Um, and as we might have guessed by looking at the AUM ratios, we also see that a greater proportion of Australian PE buyers have high minimum equity uh, check thresholds, which means, again, that it points in the direction of not being a competition, not being in competition with searchers. Uh, PE buyouts by sector. Um, again, you see uh, so, some focus on, on services. Um, great, the great, greater focus in Australia on consumer discretionary and raw materials, which makes sense. Um, but neither uh, uh, neither is a focus for traditional search funds. Um, so a search fund doesn't see consumer discretionary or raw materials activity in PE as as a threat, typically. Um, but and but you could also argue in the other way uh, that. If that's where private equity interest lies, does that mean that's where our investor appetite lies? Um, question mark. Uh, bit more emphasis, less emphasis on IT, likely because IT accounts for more of the U.S. economy than than the uh, than the Australian economy. We also look at venture capital as a proxy for 
active investment into entrepreneurship through acquisition. Uh, very encouraging sign. Early stage investment has has grown grown quite rapidly. Um, and according to deals available in Frequent, early stage investment activity is even greater in, the, in Australia than, than in, in the US as a percentage of, of GDP. And this to me signals an appetite, a willingness of investors to invest in high risk entrepreneurial activities, which is part of what we need. And one of the, one of the big questions about new markets and has been a frequent question about Australia is, are investors too conservative to, to back ventures like this? Um, this data signals that maybe not. Uh, on the debt side, thank you, Tim, uh, Tom McGee, for um, for providing some some insight here. Uh, the I was talking also with Hamish today about the SBA um, system in in Austra in the U.S. Um, there is no similar. The SBA, a small business association in the U.S., is a system through which the government backs loans that searchers can then use to. Um, acquire businesses. That doesn't exist here, uh, which is a disadvantage for, for the local eco ecosystem. Um, we, and here are some, some general metrics that uh, we can expect to see in, in Australia. There are three of the four uh, big banks, three of the big four are supportive of cash flow-based acquisition. Obviously, Judo is the best. Um, and uh, uh, we can we, we've had some good success um, so far getting getting senior debt for deals in Australia, uh, and there are many private lenders, especially after the Royal Commission and um, happened a few years back. Uh, a number of private lenders came to market. Um, I haven't used them yet in in Australia, but I know they're there and willing. Um, I'll let you just read the the common whoops the common uh, ratios for. Debt in uh, in Australia, each transaction is different, um, uh, and it definitely takes into consideration the the industry quality of earnings and uh, risk. Um, but as a general comment, banks are supporting search fund deals well in in Australia. We don't have very many of them though, um, and so if you really need senior debt for your deal, and the three banks that are willing to back it uh, say no. Uh, then you're you're kind of stuck uh, with either private debt or finding some vendor financing uh, or something else. So that is a challenge that uh, that might face the the uh, entrepreneurial the, the the Australian ecosystem at some point. Common rate common ratios for private lenders: more flexible, faster, more expensive. Now, talent, the third ingredient, third and last ingredient. Uh, without the searcher, there is no search fund. Um, and uh, I've been very lucky to partner with a few very talented entrepreneurs in Australia, and they've all, all been doing great things. Um, but I currently see talent as the bottleneck to the growth of the ETA and search fund ecosystem in Australia. There's plenty of deal flow that we're seeing, uh, plenty of capital interest, not enough highly talented entrepreneurs wanting to do this. So if you are a highly talented entrepreneur, you are in a good place to, uh, to go seek capital and buy a business at the moment. Um, assessing the availability of great talent, however, is, is quite difficult. Uh, limited availability of, of data, and I certainly don't claim to have all the answers, but here are a couple things that I, that I looked at. Um, we looked at culture and attitudes toward entrepreneurship. 
And if, if you can read that, perceived, so again, orange is Australia, US is blue. Uh, perceived opportunities in entrepreneurship, fear of failure, perceived capabilities, and entrepreneurial intentions. Who actually wants to launch an entrepreneurial career? Australia, ad, Australian attitudes are behind the US in, on a number of these metrics. So again, pointing to the fact that there might be a lower supply of talent willing to pursue um, this kind of, uh, kind of venture. Again, a few more metrics. Um, uh, not as many females by, not a huge margin, but by a little bit. Uh, and correlation in people's perceptions of high status to being a successful entrepreneur. There's a higher correlation in the US than in Australia. Uh, and whether entrepreneurship is a good career choice actually quite, quite significantly, 10% higher in, in the US than in Australia. Um, startups per capita, uh, more in the US. Undergraduate business degrees, way more in Australia per capita. So we have business minds, we just need to get them to be more entrepreneurial, I think. Um, also, the educational institutions haven't been doing anything with entrepreneurship through acquisition, and that needs to change. We have some good business schools in Australia, but of those ranked for entrepreneurship, none are in Australia. We need to change some of the educational institutions' attitude toward entrepreneurship, and especially entrepreneurship through acquisition. Another obstacle I've found in talking to prospective searchers is that they're not willing to move. Uh, sometimes, uh, and I've found that um, this can be a, an unnecessary impediment to them launching a search. However, uh, the data tells us something different. Uh, Australians are willing to move. Uh, they, they do relocate actually more often than Americans, uh, and um, that is often necessary, especially when raising a search fund. When you're raising search capital, you're almost always promising to your investors that if you find the right company, you're willing to relocate somewhere in the country. To, to operate that company. So that willingness to move is certainly important. All right, that was a lot of download. I was told to go through it quickly. Hopefully, hopefully I did. Um, we've, we've gotten a start here, but there are many other factors to consider. Uh, legal environment, tax, uh, corruption, language. Um, but for now, uh, is Australia an attractive market for ETA? I think it is. Um, given the variables we've looked at so far, uh, there's a strong supply of companies uh, that are, if approached the right way, they're available for sale. The capital is there, but potentially a little bit less entrepreneurial than, uh, than in the U.S., and there needs to be some education on search fund investing. And from a talent perspective, we have a large percentage of the population studying business, but it's not quite as entrepreneurial. That said, I can tell um, from anecdotal evidence that this is picking up. What we want to do going forward is make this more robust, make it more complete, and provide a framework that you all can use to, uh, to analyze other markets. Welcome contribution from the community on this. Uh, there, I was telling Andy Locke last night that I would love his help because he's smarter than me uh, on, on putting this together. Um, that's it. How did I do on time? <laughs>
What a fantastic analysis of the Australian market there by Jake Nicholson. I think that the work that he's done there is really strong. You know, it's it's hard to get data. Some other markets have a lot more fundamental data on their businesses and on their investment profiles, and Australia is lagging a bit in that regard. But I think some of those comparisons to the US market, which is clearly a leader in this space, and trying to build some of the metrics that we might lean on in the future to see the trends over time is really useful. And that structure around the three main components around, are there enough companies to buy? Is there enough capital in the system? And do we have enough entrepreneurs to run them? That kind of triangle of factors, I think, is a really useful way to look at it. You know, that fact in the companies to buy, you know, succession being a big trend is something that I think we're all well aware of. Those stats, though, around 45% of those businesses in the target range already planning to sell and 61% of them, if approached, would consider selling shows that there's some appetite for sale on behalf of the vendors. And also thinking about the relative proportions between population size and number of businesses that are in the target range being quite high in Australia is a great thing. Capital availability is one that I think is there and probably is ahead of the availability of entrepreneurs, but I do think there's still some work we can do there. You know, there, there's plenty of private investors, family offices, and kind of active individuals in the marketplace that are still yet to learn about search. And, and you know, that's one of the things that I'm definitely spending my time trying to invest in is, is getting those people on board because I think it's a huge opportunity. And also the banks, you know, that they're, they're doing a reasonable job, but as Jake says, there's only a small number of them and we really need to get them up the curve on, on how to look at these opportunities in a different way to your normal SME lend. And then obviously entrepreneurs, you know, there is much more capacity in this market for more entrepreneurs to come to market in Australia and also New Zealand. And even between the forum and me recording this particular episode, there have even been a few more launch. So I think as we move into 2023, there'll be another increase in the number of searches in the market. And we'll also see, I would guess, another three acquisitions, at least search fund business acquisitions in the next six months, which is great for that ongoing volume. But working with people like the universities to continue kind of feeding more entrepreneurs into the top of the pipe, so to speak, is something that's definitely an opportunity for us in this market. So looking forward to seeing this study and this form of analysis from Jake continue over time because I think that longitudinal study will be really interesting. And uh, hopefully he'll come back to the forum next year and, and give us an update. <laughs>